Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about perineus longus tendonitis and what runners can do about it. But before we get started, I want to mention that I added a video that will show you how runners decrease stress and strain on the perineus longus tendon just by running on the right side of the road. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running even if you've been injured. Whenever I do consultations for runners who have perineal tendonitis, they seem to be confused. Even though many of them have already been seen by an emergency room physician or their primary care doctor, they seem to be really unclear about what exactly is going on in their foot and ankle. If you aren't clear on what is wrong, it's hard to be clear on what you need to do to heal and run without further injury to the tendon. Part of the confusion lies in the fact that there are two different tendons, the perineus brevis and the perineus longus, which both run down the side of the leg and then attach to your foot. But they attach to your foot in different locations and they both do different things. Because they have different functions, they can become injured in different ways. If you want to get back to running as quickly as possible, it's extremely important to figure out exactly which one of the two tendons is bothering you. Understanding which one is injured will give you a better chance of getting the tendon to heal faster and get back to running sooner without re-injury. We talked about a lot of this in earlier episodes, but it's probably worth mentioning again that there really are a couple of different injuries that can happen to this one particular thing called the perineus longus tendon. Let's quickly review the anatomy. A tendon is basically a big cable of collagen that attaches a muscle to a bone. When the muscle fires, it contracts and pulls on the tendon. Tendons only pull, they don't push. The tendon pulls on the bone and moves the foot in one direction. If the muscle becomes overworked, stressed, or strained and has little micro tears in the muscle belly, we call that a muscle strain. If the muscle fatigues during a hard run or workout and too much stress gets applied to the tendon, you can actually develop inflammation within the tendon itself and we call that tendonitis. In many places where tendons bend around a corner, pass through multiple layers of tissue, or anywhere there could be friction when the tendon moves back and forth, the tendon may be surrounded and protected in a tendon sheath. If the lining of the tendon sheath becomes irritated and inflamed, we call that tenosynovitis. All of these are different conditions, and even though they all apply to one particular tendon, they are all different tissues, and they heal at different rates. They heal with slightly different treatments. To confuse things even further, you have to understand the perineus longus is much longer than the neighboring perineus brevis muscle. The perineus longus tendon also changes direction several times. Because it changes direction several times, it may cause pain in a number of different locations on the outside of the leg, the ankle, or the foot. That is actually a good thing for you trying to figure out what's going on if you're trying to do some sort of self-diagnosis routine. The location of maximum tenderness is almost always the location of maximum trouble, so most runners can actually push around on their leg, foot, ankle, and figure out which specific structure has become injured. Once you figure out which portion of the perineus longus is irritated, you can then decide what you need to do to get it to calm down as quickly as possible and get back to running. Let's talk about the anatomy specifically of the perineus longus so you can understand it a little better. In the simplest sense, the perineus longus is one of the stabilizers of your foot and ankle. But really, if you break it down, the primary job in life of the perineus longus is to twist and lock the first met cuneiform joint in your midfoot. That helps convert your foot into a rigid lever. You can use that lever to push off when you run. Now, the tibia bone is the shin bone, and the fibula bone is the other bone that goes from your knee down to your foot. The fibula bone is on the outside of your leg. If you look down at your ankle, the lump of bone on the outside of your ankle is the end of the fibula bone. 
The other end of the fibula bone is way up near your knee, and there's a little hard lump of bone you can easily feel on the outside of your leg just below the knee. That lump is called the head of the fibula. If you put your thumb on that lump of bone and then work down slightly toward your foot, even just an inch or two, you can feel the fibula bone start to disappear underneath a soft muscle. That muscle is the perineus longus. Now, if you look at some old medical textbooks, they actually used to use a different term. The perineus longus used to be referred to, perhaps more appropriately, as the fibularis longus. That really does make more sense since the muscle and tendon are behind and attached to the fibula bone. And one thing that can happen is you can actually strain the perineal muscle. And although it is theoretically possible to strain the perineus longus muscle, in practice, it's pretty unusual. The muscle just isn't strong enough and doesn't pull hard enough to really easily tear the muscle belly. That sort of thing is a lot more common with big, powerful muscles like the calf muscle and Achilles tendon, which is way stronger and pulls with a lot more force. But if you did have a strain of the perineus longus muscle, it would be tender if you push anywhere along the muscle belly from just below the head of the fibula near your knee to about halfway down your leg. Now, if you test the perineus longus and push into the muscle with your fingers and that causes even more tenderness, that tenderness more or less confirms the diagnosis of a perineus longus muscle strain. But more often than not, when the perineus longus muscle gets overworked during a long workout, the muscle simply fatigues and stops pulling hard. When it stops pulling hard, the muscle isn't dynamically absorbing force. So you get more abrupt, more static loading of the tendon itself. And that shock loading of the tendon can lead to tendonitis. Tendonitis is just inflammation of the tendon that attaches the perineus longus muscle to the foot. As we mentioned earlier, the perineus longus tendon can become inflamed in three different locations. This is the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners. What you'll get from Dr. Segler, in my experience, is expert runner and medical care that's individualized for your needs. I'm left with actionable steps to recover from my injury. Dr. Segler is different, and I felt heard, didn't feel patronized, and I felt like he prioritized getting me back to running as soon as possible as much as I did. I just couldn't see sitting around for six weeks knowing my hard-earned fitness would vanish. I know Dr. Segler is an expert, and I wanted to see him in person. But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's going to be on time. Two, he's going to be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are going to result in a more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. I'm a young woman in the Philippines and I hurt my ankle yesterday. I just wanted to say thank you and that it's such a relief to be able to find a website like yours and get some information when I'm in a place with uh, little to no medical care. So I just wanted to call and say thank you. You're awesome. Book a virtual doctor visit and get a second opinion online today. Welcome back to the Doc on the Run podcast. As we mentioned earlier, the perineus longus tendon can become inflamed in three different locations. The most common location for perineal tendonitis in runners seems to be behind the fibula bone. Because the two tendons, both the perineus longus and perineus brevis, have to curve sharply around the back of the fibular bone, it just makes sense that they could become irritated and inflamed as it curves and glides around the back of the fibula bone. So if you've been told that you have perineal tendonitis and it hurts when you push on the tendons at the back of the fibula, then you could have tendonitis of one or both of the perineal tendons. 
Now, in most people, it's rather difficult to push and feel whether it's the peroneus longus or the peroneus brevis. However, if you test the tendons individually by moving your foot in the motion that you know will fire that one tendon, that one tendon will become tight, making it easier to feel so you can push on that individual tendon. Obviously, if it hurts when you push on the peroneus longus, but not when you push on the peroneus brevis, then you know you have a problem with the peroneus longus. On the other hand, if it hurts when you push on the peroneus brevis, but not when you push on the peroneus longus, then you know you have a problem with the peroneus brevis. That distinction is important because if you have a problem with the brevis, you could have a tear or a split in the tendon that might require surgery. But if you can test the tendons individually and confirm that it's really the peroneus longus, you have a better hope of treating it on your own successfully and getting back to running. If you push on the two tendons behind the end of the fibula at the outside of the ankle and you've tried to isolate them, but you seem to have pain when you push on both the peroneus longus and the peroneus brevis, you may just have inflammation of the sheath that surrounds the two tendons. That's what we call peroneal tenosynovitis. Of all the problems that can affect the perineal tendons, perineal tenosynovitis is by far the most common one I see in runners and also the simplest to treat. It also heals the fastest. So if you think tenosynovitis is your problem because it seems to hurt when you push on both of them and test both of them, just go back to the session on perineal tenosynovitis, try those at-home treatments and see if you start to improve quickly. If you respond really quickly, you're probably on the right track. Once the peroneus longus exits the tendon sheath on the side of the foot, the tendon turns underneath the cuboid bone. The peroneus longus actually sits in a groove on the outside edge and bottom of the cuboid bone. This is another one of those locations where the peroneus longus changes direction, creates lots of friction, and can become inflamed. So if you're able to push directly on the tendon in this location and it causes pain, you likely have peroneus longus tendonitis. If you then test the peroneus longus and simultaneously push on the tendon where it curves around the cuboid bone, that will hurt even more, which can help you confirm a diagnosis of peroneus longus tendonitis. Now, after the peroneus longus curves around the cuboid bone, it goes straight across the bottom of the foot to attach to the base of the first metatarsal bone. The first metatarsal bone is the one that goes from the midfoot all the way out to your big toe joint. So, when you're standing up on your toes, most of your weight is actually supported by the first metatarsal bone. When the peroneus longus muscle fires, the tendon pulls at an angle to twist and lock that metatarsal bone into position. Locking that joint makes the bone more stable. The stability is what allows you to stand up on your foot without bending your foot in half. Now, it is possible to get inflammation and irritation of the peroneus longus tendon where it runs across the bottom of the foot. Although it is fairly unusual, it does happen. In fact, last week I saw three people with this particular problem. In most cases, it seems to occur from a twisting injury. If you slip and fall with your foot in an odd position, this could happen, particularly if it pulls and stretches the peroneus longus tendon. Now, interestingly, because it does cause pain on the bottom of the foot, many people incorrectly assume they have plantar fasciitis. But when I look at them and push on the plantar fascia, it doesn't hurt at all. But when I test the peroneus longus tendon and then push along the bottom of the foot, pressing my fingers along the anatomic course of the tendon as it goes from the cuboid to the base of the first metatarsal bone, this causes a lot of pain. Pushing on the tendon on the bottom of the foot and reproducing tenderness confirms the diagnosis of peroneus longus tendonitis. Now, aside from that sort of twisting injury, what really causes peroneus longus tendonitis in runners? Well, Perineus longus tendonitis can be caused by this twisting kind of injury, but it also can occur as an overuse injury in runners. 
Many doctors will tell you running is overuse, but I disagree. When I think of overuse of the peroneus longus tendon in runners, I just think about how too much force gets applied to that particular tendon. All an overuse injury is, really, is the circumstance in which you apply more stress to one particular anatomic structure than it can tolerate. It's not just too much activity. If you put the foot in a position that stretches the tendon more than normal, you can get irritation of the tendon when running a much shorter distance. If you think about the way the peroneus longus tendon curves around the outside of the ankle and then around the bottom of the foot, you might start to realize that when you supinate your foot, lifting the arch up off the ground, you actually stretch the peroneus longus tendon more than normal. That's part of the reason why runners with really high arches are way more prone to developing peroneus longus tendonitis than runners with flat feet and low arches. Now, it's pretty easy to run on a trail and find a severely sloping surface. If you spend too much time on one particular side of the trail, you could develop peroneus longus tendonitis. If you run on unstable, minimalist shoes and you're not used to them, you can overwork the peroneus longus muscle. All of that time, landing on the forefoot and midfoot requires the peroneal muscles to stabilize you. If you're not used to running in minimalist shoes, if you're not used to running as a forefoot or midfoot striker, if you do it too much too soon, the muscles can fatigue. Remember, once the muscle gets tired, the tendon starts absorbing more force. If you're running on a severely sloping trail for 5 miles, it could be the equivalent of running 15 miles in terms of perineal stress when you're running on the road. If it's one of your first runs in minimalist shoes and you historically been a heel striker, running for 3 miles could be the equivalent amount of abuse that you would get from a 10 or 15 mile run in your normal shoes. Either way, what we're talking about is an overuse injury. It's not the distance. It's not the shoes. It's the position of the foot. It's the cumulative stress that gets applied to one particular muscle and tendon that isn't prepared to deal with that abuse. It's just not yet strong enough to take it. If you apply too much stress to the peroneus longus tendon, then you stress it again before it has fully recovered from the previous workout, you get inflammation within the tendon. The tendons themselves are basically cables made up of collagen bundles. They don't have great blood flow, and they are very dense. So when you get inflammatory fluid trapped within the tendon itself, it takes longer to get rid of it. But there are things you can do in terms of self-treatment for peroneus longus tendonitis. Remember, itis means inflammation. Tendonitis is basically just a problem of inflammation. The very first step is to decrease the inflammation. We discussed all the ways runners can reduce inflammation on their own in the episode on perineal tenosynovitis. If you go to the show notes page for this particular episode, we'll have a link to take you directly there. Do everything that will decrease the inflammation for perineal tenosynovitis and it'll also help perineus longus tendonitis. When I see a runner who calls me with a case of perineal tendonitis, in most cases, the very first thing I do is give them all the treatments that will help calm down perineal tenosynovitis. If they get better really quickly, then we know it's just inflammation of the tendon sheath that surrounds the two tendons. So basically, problem solved. But if they get a little bit better initially and then quickly plateau and still have pain, it's more likely to be a problem with one of the two perineal tendons like tendonitis. The most important thing to understand is that most of the treatments which will help tenosynovitis will also help tendonitis. They are both conditions involving inflammation. And the most important thing to do initially is to remove the inflammation. So my approach is really simple. First step, treat it like tenosynovitis. The second step, test the tendons individually and determine which one is causing the problem. The third thing is that if it's perineus longus tendonitis, stabilize the foot and make sure you don't do any of the things that will irritate the tendon. 
So aside from reducing the inflammation, what else is going to help it heal? Well, if you understand the main function of the perineus longus is to stabilize your foot and allow you to stand up on your toes, all you have to do is avoid exercises that replicate that motion. Don't stand up on your toes. Avoid calf raises at the gym. Don't stand up and pedal hard on your bicycle. Don't get on a rowing machine and push all the way to the end of the rowing stroke where you extend your toes and push down as if you're pushing on the gas pedal. If it's really irritated, tender, and painful, you can always wear a fracture walking boot for a brief period of time just to jumpstart the healing process. But in general, I don't really recommend this common regimen of wearing a fracture walking boot for four to six weeks when runners have this particular problem. In most cases, I think runners can wear a boot for a very brief period of time and then get back to activity way faster than four to six weeks. Even if you do wear a fracture walking boot for a short period of time, you have to take every effort to maintain the rest of your running specific fitness so you're in a better condition to return to running as soon as the tendon is actually healed. And once you start running again, make sure you give the tendon a break. Don't run on sloping surfaces. Avoid loose terrain like sand. Run on flat ground so you're not supinating the foot and stretching the tendon. Make sure you deliberately and intentionally increase your distances while you are removing the other variables like the slope of the road that can stress the tendon. If you decrease the stress on the tendon, you can run longer before you are at risk of causing more inflammation again. The bottom line with treating perineal tendon injuries is to make sure you know exactly what the problem is. Treat it as quickly as possible. Make sure you maintain as much activity as you can while you continue to heal. As a runner, you really have to make sure you are getting the most appropriate treatment for you with your potential to heal, with your particular injury, and in a way that will help you maintain your fitness and keep on track with your running goals. As soon as you get done listening to this, go to DocOnTheRun.com, go to the podcast show notes page for this episode, and check out the video that shows you how to reduce stress and strain on the perineus longus tendon just by running on the right side of the road. The video is free. Go get it now. If you have a question that you would like answered as a future edition of the Doc on the Run podcast, send it to me, and then make sure you join me in the next edition of the Doc on the Run podcast. Thanks again for listening.